episode of the Kirkenbauer Half an Hour was taped before a live studio houseplant. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Kirkenbauer Half an Hour to the Second Power, direct and live from my dining room. Along with me tonight is, uh, or today, is uh, Jason Willett. Jason is my producer and uh, technical guy, because I don't know a lot about this shit. Good evening, and, uh, Bill. How you doing? Good evening, Jason. How you doing? Hey, you know. We're so working it the, out. We're getting it. We're getting it yeah, together. We're, we're it's all very meta. You don't, you don't know all the stuff we went through before we pushed the button here to do this. <laughs> um, this is the first show. Uh, this is the kind of thing that you want to look, think that they'll, you'll look back on in two years and go, oh, how primitive, how stupid, how ridiculous. But it, it is the first show of the Kirkenbauer, half an hour to the second power. Let me address that first of all, because when I announced this, uh, <laughs> The name of the show. I had a lot of people go, well, what does that mean? Half an hour, what is that to? And if it were, it'd be three hours. And blah, blah. Okay. It's a name that's been stuck in my head for, for many, many years. I actually suggested it as the name for my sitcom, which was ultimately named Just the Ten of Us, which I uh, was not that happy about. But uh, I, I told him to call it the Kirkenbauer half an hour because I figure, you know, Roseanne was on in the same year she, she debuted. And they called her show Roseanne. I think, well, you know, call mine Kirkenbauer. Anyway, they didn't go for it. In fact, they made up a T-shirt of all the names that they rejected before they came up with just the 10 of us. And I told them, I said, look, please don't call it that because everybody's going to go, just uh, eight is enough of us, you know. And uh, to this day, that's what happens. So well, it must, have been right. the, it must have been familiar, and that's why they did it like that, right? I d- no, no. One of the producers, uh, his his rationale for it was, hey, see, it's a joke. It's just the 10 of us. Oh. That was his rationale. And I go, okay. So, anyway, he ended up in prison. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. He ended up in prison. He got caught with kitty porn. Oh, my God. I know. I won't say his name, but- yeah, he went. To, he should be getting out right about now. Um, <laughs> I got to go to the airport. I'll be right back. <laughs> no, that's really anyway. So, so I have had this name in my head for a long time, and uh, it's uh, that's why I picked it. it, it and mostly because it rhymes. Okay, it's it's not a mathematical equation. Yeah. Everybody said, well, it should be like nine hours long then, because that's squared. It's just because it rhymes, and if you're smart enough, you get the joke. Right. Okay, so that's covered. Kirkenbauer, okay. half an hour for the second power. Is much too much, or wouldn't you say? A second is too short, and eon too long. A week is just stupid, and so is this song. Ooh. Everybody's got a half an hour. Haven't you got a half an hour? Your bill only needs a half an hour. So come in and stay. Or you can just say Kirkenbauer or Bill Show. I don't give a Damn was there was there a first power? Is this a reiteration of a previous concept or no, no, just a name I've been had in my back of my head for a long time. There you go. That's fine. Uh, secondly, uh it's a half an hour because I think that's maybe the outbounds of people's attention span. So you will never have to commit more than a half an hour to listening to this show. It's a nice digestible length of time. Yes. I think so. It'll probably go by really, really fast here. I'm I'm looking at the numbers. Um, I want to tell you what this show is not. 
before I want to tell you what it is. And what it is not is uh, political. I don't want to do political stuff for a couple of reasons. Number one, I am not that smart. I don't have a degree in, you know, politics, uh, uh, any of that. Political science is not, you know, I don't know about that. And I don't think most of the people, uh, I don't know about that. And if you want to watch that, turn on CNN or Fox or whatever, Rush Limbaugh, any of those people, and they'll, they'll talk your ear off about politics. And it's one of the things that I think there's no answer to. I don't think anybody ever says, Oh yeah, you're right. I'm going to, I'm going to switch my party or, Oh yeah. Same thing with religion. We're not going to discuss religion because nobody ever goes, Oh yeah, I think I'll worship your God now. Okay. So I just don't think that's two things I don't particularly want to cover. Well, but Jesus, else, what's what? left? What's left, Bill? <laughs> well, you know, my mother always told me, don't talk about politics or religion at the table. So I'm going to pretend this is my mother's Thanksgiving, uh, Day table. If that if that's um, what if that's what you need to get through this, then that's and who knows that may that might, that whole thing might go right down the toilet here in a couple of weeks. It's going to get real <laughs> fucking political real quick. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to try to stay away from it. Uh, we're going to pick a subject every. Week. You won't be able to resist. That's my prediction. Well, you're probably right. <laughs> don't know it sounds like a good rule okay <laughs> it's a rule we're not going to talk about you know anyway so, you just uh, don't hey, you listen. just don't want to feel uncomfortable with your neighbors when you're walking the trash out to the curb and they are thinking about what you said in the last episode and- uh, you know and and who knows maybe kirk cameron will be a guest on the show and that'll just go right out the window you know i had to wonder about that now for for backstory for people who are who are listening in and aren't familiar with bill's career he had a show on abc called just the ten of us he played a Catholic basketball coach who was terrible at pulling out. And uh, <laughs> how much of that was Kirk? Because it was very Catholic, wasn't it? It, it was the experience of the producers. You know, they, they literally call you up. Uh, they did me. Called me up on the phone and said, hey, you want a TV show? Wow. And I said, oh, okay. And, you know, here we are. Because he's gotten very fundamental in the last... Uh, decade or so oh yeah he, you know he was a very nice kid when he was a kid and then he, he got i don't want to get into him <laughs> see, that, that, that's disgusting see i, I haven't hardly broken the f- two minutes and i haven't broken i'm already out okay. of make so, notes cut out yes. five minutes to five thirty. no 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 we'll, we'll leave that in. all right <laughs> you know, kirk's a nice guy we just would probably disagree on a lot of things at lunch yes, yes. um so we're going to pick up we're going to pick a uh subject and then we're going to talk about that. We're going to have some segments. So we're going to have a segment where I call up uh, called uh, Facebook Friends I Don't Know, which is uh, I have 35. Look, I checked the other day. I have 3,500 Facebook friends, and most of them I don't know. I mean, I see their names. Sometimes I see their names more, just like you, uh, everybody here that has these people. Uh, uh, so I, every week, uh, maybe, <laughs> if it works out well, we'll we'll call up a Facebook friend of mine and we'll talk to them. And my theory is on people that most people, if you uh, talk to them, uh, randomly pick a person and talk to them, you'll find that they have a pretty interesting life, have had a pretty interesting life. They themselves probably don't think so because that's the life they lived. I try to conduct myself lately with the knowledge that everybody that I come across has a struggle that I know nothing about. And I try to try to comport myself accordingly, you know. Everybody's got a story. Yeah. Uh, And I've heard some terrible ones. I've heard some great ones. Mm. Um, 
It's it's amazing. So we're going to do that. We're going to come up with a, a few segments, and then uh, uh, that's pretty much it. We'll see how it runs. And, and eventually, when we figure it out, we can barely figure out how to talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting there. I'd, we're getting there. I, I'd like to be able to bring uh, other people uh, on, online so I can talk to them live, uh, like on a telephone. Because uh, that's, you know, I, I think there's nothing better than one-on-one contact. But that's beyond us right now. So... Tonight, I have picked a um, subject that I, I think is interest of interest to a lot of people, especially those have had, who have had no experience uh, about it, and that is fame. Fame, that word, they, they saw, thought so much of it, they actually named a movie after it once. Uh, I do this because I answer questions on Quora. If you don't know what Quora is, it's a website uh, where you can ask questions some of them are stupid some of them are insightful and some of them it's just strange but i i have a little area there which i talk about comedy people ask questions about comedy and i always see these questions that people say how do i become famous well how do i how do i what do i have to do to become famous and these are dreams of a three-year-old i remember when i was a kid i used to dream about I can remember this driving down, you know, I saw ticker tape parades when I was a kid, all, all the astronauts. And I always dreamed about sitting in the back seat of a, of a, a convertible car and waving while people throw papers at me and applaud, you know, just ultimate gratification. So, so these are dreams that I think a lot of people have, especially uh, kids. And as you get older, people want to become famous. I don't know. There's this fascination about fame. So I'm going to talk about fame. I, I've had some experience with it. Uh, not a lot. I'm not the you know most famous uh, um, person in the world by any means, but I've had a pretty good contact with it, and I can uh, feel like I am uh, competent to talk about it. First right. of all, fame. Yeah, okay. First of all, fame is really relative. Now, I'm sure there's a person who is thought of as the most famous accordion player in the world. Who is? I don't know. Do you? Weird Al Yankovic. It's Weird Al Yankovic. It's definitely well, Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> well, is he the best though? I don't know. Well, he is famous. He's famous. Uh, I don't think he's famous just for the accordion, but um, you know, the, the, it depends on what your definition of fame. Worldwide fame. Tom Cruise is worldwide famous. Frank Sinatra used to be famous all over the world. That's one thing. But you know, fame really, you can be famous in a small area. I know newscasters and weathermen who work in, in mark television markets, they're really famous in, in that little area. They go out to dinner, they get the best seats, they're famous, people recognize them, people probably have to have selfies. And so, but the, I will tell you from first hand experience, there's upsides to it and there's downsides. I'm going to tell you a few stories here that I've made note of, and I think you'll find them interesting, all kind of related to fame. Um, <laughs> one time, my wife and I, when my sitcom was on, uh, we were in Mexico, and we were eating dinner. And there was this table of about 12, 15 people, you know, about 20 feet from us. And and the thing about when you're a celebrity, and people have always ask me, what's it like to be a celebrity? And I can tell you it's like being a six-foot-two Huge-breasted, blonde, beautiful woman. 
That's what it's like. You, you walk into the room, say everybody no more, stares at say you. Say no more. I completely understand. Okay. Yeah. So and 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 so people start looking at you, and they look at you, and they point at you. And I don't know. People are never very discreet about this, especially in restaurants. They they think you can't see them. They think you you can't notice that there's a bunch of people plotting against you at a table twenty feet away. You know, they think you don't see that. They point and they whisper and stuff. So we were at this Mexican restaurant. And all of a sudden, one of these. A woman gets up from this table and she comes over to our, uh, to our table and sits down and says, uh, and she puts a piece of some paper in my hand and a pen and said, here, this is what, you, uh, this is what you're going to do. I need 12. 12. Yeah. No, no, please or hi or any of this. Well, no, here, she's definitely, she's definitely thinking of flogging them on later, but I mean, what do you need 12 autographs for? If well, you're not she was collecting them for other people. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, yeah. So she wanted to get autographs for everybody at the table so she'd be a big shot. Tacky. It wasn't very nice. It's not how you approach people. And it disrupted our dinner. And I, nowadays I tell them to fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, you know, later I might give you an autograph, but actually the way you acted, I probably won't. But back then I was young and uh, I said, oh, okay. And then after she left, I thought about it. And thought, you know, that was really really rude and not very nice uh, and and so that that's part of of fame you people will interrupt you people will i can't count how many times i've gone to a family i had gone to a fast food restaurants and ordered something and because everybody gets all worked about up about me being there i i drive away with the wrong damn uh, order i <laughs> get my big mac i got chicken mcnuggets and a milkshake instead of you know so uh, there's drawbacks to it and i could go into that a lot. <laughs> now, people also want to be famous because they think, you know, they get a lot of adulation and people give you them. I'm going to give you a story of, um, when I worked with Bruce Willis on um, the story of us, which was, uh, I only appear in things with the word us in it. <laughs> I've informed my agent of that. I only, if it doesn't have the word us in it, I'm, I'm out. Uh, so I'm working on this movie called uh, the story of us with Bruce Willis. And it's it shot, at least my part, it was shot in Venice, Italy. And uh, Bruce and I, (laughs) Bruce Willis and I, were sitting in the lobby, and we're waiting for this boat to come and pick us up. And he he was a cordial guy. He he was all right. I was sitting there talking to him. And all of a sudden, like like two really beautiful, uh, hot Italian girls come into the lobby. And they look over, and they go, oh, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis. And he come over and he talking to him. Oh, Bruce Willis, Bruce. And he's, oh, hey, girls, how you doing? And I'm thinking, oh, well. And he had just gotten divorced from Demi, uh, Demi Moore at the time. Uh, just, I mean, right in the middle of it. I'm sure he was and heartbroken. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was talking to these girls. I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is the advantages of being famous. The, oh, these girls. Oh, wow. And so he's talking to these girls. So he says, hey, girls, you know, I want you. I'm, I'm working today, but maybe tonight we could, uh, all three of us go out to, and I thought, all three of us. Oh, my God. Uh, go out to dinner and the same thing. And they go, oh, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis. And I thought, wow, this guy's just, uh, I wish, you know, I wish I was a famous big star. They didn't, weren't paying attention to me at all. Mm. Um, and, and he, he goes, oh, I want to pick you up. And they just went, ah, oh, they just blew him off. Oh, Bruce Willis. And they walked away. And I thought, Jesus, even he can't get laid. <laughs> You know, big famous international movie star, and he couldn't get laid. So fame may get you laid, and and it may not. 
Was this moonlighting Bruce Willis or was this diehard Bruce Willis? Uh, no, this was halfway between both of them. He was t- just playing them. It was about a couple that got divorced. Oh, and uh, still breaking so he, out. Yeah, yeah. It was. He was. It was. He was kind of normal Bruce Willis, <laughs> but he, he was. You know. Uh, so you know, fame, fame will do for things. For I knew a guy who looked a lot like Robin Williams, and he actually used to get laid off of that. Another guy, you know, a lot of people who look like Robin Williams. That's uh, yeah, yeah. I do. Now, back in the, the height of my hearing, I'm looking at this letter. I saved this letter. It's one of my favorite letters I ever got. Uh, it's from March 20th, 1998. Uh, Bill Kirkenbauer. And I got this letter just in the mail, and I God. thought, oh, and I used to get a lot of letters, and I, I would read most of the letters that I got. 98. I Doesn't think, that sound like last week? 98 oh, sounds like man. last week to what me. What is that, 98? That's like, like 20 years that, ago. I'm like, that's not long ago, and then I look at it again. That's 21 fucking years ago. I know. <laughs> God. Life passes you by. It's crazy. So I get this letter, and uh, this, it, I'm, I, I actually saved it, and I printed it up here. I'm going to read it to you. I was going to tell you about it, but I think if I read it to you, it'll it'll be better. Okay. Dear Bill, I was in Guam helping with the cleanup from Typhoon Paca. The building in which I was working also served to help families in need. One day, I noted some kids sitting around, very bored, as their parents waited for assistance. They were from the island of Yap. Well, but they talk a lot there, and spoke limited English, and so we're waiting for an interpreter. Yap is, they tell me, a very third world type of economy. So this is a letter you're getting from a friend who's in like the peace no, this is not a friend. This is just a guy. This is just a guy. Okay, this is not a friend. It's just a guy. Mm. I don't know this guy. So we're sitting there waiting for the third world. Um, a while later, I passed the same area and saw the same bored kids sat down and started smiling and waving, and did a couple of magic tricks. Their dad was kind of watching, but once he figured out I was harmless, he didn't pay much attention. I ran through my repertoire of tricks and stunts pretty quick, and since they didn't speak much English, I couldn't do jokes. I just did some goofy stuff I do with my kids. At one point, I grabbed a spoon and stuck it on my nose, as I saw you do years ago at a comedy club. Now, this is in reference to a, uh, an impression I do um, of the koala bear. <laughs> I take a koala bear, like my impression of a koala bear, and I take a, a, a spoon and hold it uh, uh, to my forehead with the with the with the dipping part of the spoon over my nose. Yeah. And it's my, it's, it's, it's a good joke. It's a good visual. So he says, at one point I grabbed a spoon and stuck it on my nose. As I saw you do years ago at some comedy club. I sat there for a couple of seconds with the spoon hanging on my face and the kids were laughing like crazy. Their dad who hadn't said a word, looked over, smiled big, pointed at me and yelled, Bill Kirkumbala, Bill Kirkumbala. That's funny. That's yep. funny. Gee whiz, you get around. <laughs> and it was signed. I tried to find this guy, actually. His name is Michael Brackney. And at the time, he lived in Al- Annandale, Virginia. Okay. Right out of, I right out of the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, that was his end. but this is one of my favorite letters. And again, it just shows you, you know, fame. It uh, When you get some of it, it can travel far and travel travel through different languages and everything the echoes uh, the echoes come to you randomly yes yes that's really cool yeah it it it, it, it's nice to know i also got a great letter that i don't have with me about a 
a little boy wrote me who had watched the show, and I guess uh, he didn't have a dad. And he uh, wrote how much he liked the show and that he wished I could have been his dad because he didn't have a dad. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that... A way to fucking bring it down, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's amazing. You know, you do these you do these shows and then you don't know what how they affect right right lots and of that's people. probably that's probably part of the the fame paradigm is that people see you in public and they're used to it being a one-way transaction right you're yes they're behind you know, the I, screen and i i've heard something once that people are more open to approaching television stars mm-hmm. as opposed to movie stars yeah now why do you think that though Home, living room, yeah, right. That, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. What it is is, uh, movie stars are on giant screens. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the movies, you you know their face is thirty foot tall. They're like big giant gods, and they're huge, and they're bigger than life. Yeah. Whereas TV stars, like you said, are invited into your home, and they have they're like friends, and they're not too big. And they're they're in your home, so you you tend to think of them more like as friends and people you've invited in your home, and and just closer uh, in touch. And and people feel that television stars are more uh, approachable. Well, yeah, and, they're and, sit they're on the and couch more like a friend. They're on the couch. Yeah. They're in their pajamas. They're in their most vulnerable time of day. You know, where they're just relaxing and completely off guard. And now there you are in public and. And I've always tried to be nice to people, you know, if they ask nice. I will suggest sure. if you ever see your your famous, your celebrity, you know, again, sometimes people, I don't get recognized a lot anymore. I'll, I'll be honest with you. But sometimes, you know, uh, if you're not in the context that they think you are should be, they have a problem with you. I remember one time I was in Toledo, Ohio, and I was at the mall, and I was standing in line to get a corn dog or something. <laughs> and some guy comes up to me and goes, hey. You're that Bill Kirkenbauer guy, or and and I don't know. I didn't want to be bothered with that, and I have been known to do this <laughs> occasionally. But I said, uh, "No, not." <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're Bill Kirkenbauer, the guy." And my show was on the air at the time. And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, you're Bill Kirkenbauer." I go, "No, no, no, no." Oh uh, yeah, you're Bill. And I finally said. Okay, yeah, I am. He goes, no, you're not. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm just serious. This is the way to comfort I said, yeah, I am, actually. He goes, no, because what would you be doing in Toledo, Ohio at the mall? You know, you just look like him a lot. And I said, no, I really am. He goes, no, you're not. I, yes, I am. He goes, no, you're not. I go, okay, okay, I'm not. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is really, and finally, I, I don't know how that we ended, but I, you know. <laughs> You get the art, or people come up to me. Hey, you were on Saturday Night Live. I go, no, I've never been on Saturday Night Live. I'd like to have been on Saturday Night Live, but you know what I do? I just go along with whatever people say. I don't argue or try to correct whatever they think. I have people all the time thinking I did a a a, a, a bacon a bacon cooking in a in a, in a fry pan impression. And I've never done a bacon in a fry pan impression. Um, I don't know, but I, I just don't correct people anymore. I don't correct people about my name. <laughs> I don't know whether, how people want to spell it. Kirk and Kirk. You know, when I first got into show business, I had a couple agents say to me, you know, you can't use that name. Kirk and Booker, Kirk and Bacher. I said, you need to change that. 
And some guy came up with a terrible name one time. I forget it was like Bill Holden or no, I said that's already taken. Uh, Bill <laughs> right. Bill some I don't know some fake sounding name. And I you know I, there, there was a point at which I said you know I'm going to keep my name uh, because if I get famous, who's going to know it's me? If they can that learn my Schwarzenegger, they can. That's what I said. They can learn Schwarzenegger <laughs> or Galifianakis or some of these other names, and they can sure the hell learn Kirkenbauer. Sure. But you know what I've learned also? No matter what your name is, if it's Smith or or, or whatever, uh, people will screw up your name. Oh sure. Listen, I've- you know what I get a kick out of is people whose parents name them the same first name as their last name. Oh, I knew a John Johnson growing up. Yeah, a John Johnson. Mike, Mike, Mike Michelson, uh, Dick Dickinson. Dick, uh, you know, I, in fact, I wrote a bit once about this. Uh, Tom Thompson, this is John Johnson and Steve Stevenson. And, and I, always get, I, I always wonder what idiot parents would do that to their child. How do you look <laughs> down at this pink and perfect little being and go, George, or, you know, or Frank, you know? But, but pick another name. Pick another. Oh, they just named that baby Archie. Uh, the royal baby. I see Archie's kind of Archie's kind of pugnacious and fuck but you. For a king? Yeah, if sure. he was a king, king Archie. King Archie? Oh, that's badass, man. I'm, I'm I guess Archie that's better they didn't name him Jughead. Right. <laughs> I don't know Archie because it's Archibald. Right. Yeah, it's Archibald. I have a hard time explaining to uh, uh, passport people sometimes. Uh, passport people. Uh, Customs you know, people at the board. Customs, yeah, yeah. not a customs. Uh, immigration. Yes. customs is what customs is what you're smuggling in. That's <laughs> the right. Stuff you have, That's, yes. and immigration is your ass. <laughs> but I have a hard time sometimes explaining to people how my, how Bill and oh, William customs are the can same be thing. your ass sometimes too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have to, trouble explaining. That, you know, Dick is Richard. Yes. Richard is Dick. Yes. Tom is John or John John Kennedy, whose name was, I don't know. I still don't know how you get Peg from Margaret. Frankly, I know. There you go. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. All these were, and old names too. Oh yeah. My mother's my mother's name was Hester. Oh. You, you don't hardly ever hear a God. Hester. Not since the Edith. Scarlet Letter, man. What was your mother's name? Uh, my mother is Kathy Rosemary Willett. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's normal. Yeah. What about your face? Yeah, I don't know a lot about Jason. I'll let you know that right now. We we, we were friends on Facebook. And and then he offered to uh, uh, help me get this thing up and running. And he's very technically minded, and he's the producer slash on air sidekick engineer editor engineer. whatever yeah, engineer man. editor utility yeah. infielder. So we'll we'll learn about more about Jason too as 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 time goes by. Sure. Uh, look at that, Jason. We're, we're at twenty five minutes already. I know. I'm looking right now. Yeah, it's good. This episode of the Kirkenbauer Happen Hour was produced by Bill Kirkenbauer for Legends of Comedy and Jason Willette for Panic Boy Productions. Themes mixing and editing by Jason Willette. And I'm J.C. Hayes. Find us on most social media platforms by searching for the Kirkenbauer Happen Hour. Good luck spelling that. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. The Kirkenbauer Happen Hour is uh, sponsored by CAD Audio. Uh, they uh, are 
contributors to the show. I'm talking to you right now on a CAD microphone. If you're not, not familiar with uh, CAD audio products, uh, it's a nice company. Uh, it's been around for since I was surprised. I looked it up. 1931. 1931 they've been around. And um, I got to tell you, in a personal experience, I have for years tried to figure out a good sound system, and I have never been able to do it. I started out with those little $15 computer microphones. I bought a couple of other microphones uh, from a company uh, who uh, had comparable priced microphones, and they just didn't sound good until I ran across CAD, and I would not endorse or uh, tell you about a product that I didn't believe in, but I tell you, I got this microphone here that I'm using right now. It's a USB model, and they also have a neat little thing. It's like a, it's a, it's a little sound kind of cubicle thing. It's something like you might take a college uh, entrance exam in, and they've got all this sound deadening stuff on there, and I think it's a great little product. They've got all sorts of microphones. They've got all sorts of audio problem, uh, product problems, products. They'll fix and, your audio problems. They'll fix your audio products. And I just uh, think they, they make a great product. It's CAD Audio, and um, I think they just do a great job, and we're happy to have them with us here on the Kirkenbauer half an hour to the second power. What's that website? CADAudio.com. Awesome. 